have a few surprises. Should I? In- I should introduce you first. If you like. This Nobody is, knows who I am, so that would help. It's in the description. Oh. Yeah. People and it's a big, read. yeah. So this is Nick Jerry. Uh, Nick is my opener. And you've opened for me 170 times. Yeah. Is that how many shows we've had? That's how many shows we've done at this point. Okay. And um, y- you are not opening for me um, because you have this competition at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank coming up. And you... Yeah prioritized I think in a weird way um where you decided to go do Mm -hmm. that which I encourage um and so uh we're gonna have some local openers okay which I think is going to be indicative of of what next year's comedy tour is going to be I want to have more local guys the word I'm using right now in my brain is circus Mm. that may be a little bit big okay you're gonna Uh, get animals and no people flipping Oh, good. Um, Because, so we did last year's tour, Laughs and Drafts, and now we're doing Longer Than Life. Yeah. And you started on day one. Let's crack a beer. Sure. What do you have? Let's go down memory lane. Fuck yeah. You know what I have? I can say fuck yeah here, can I? You can. We just beep it out. Oh. And we start over. That sucks. Um, I have from Dry Dock Brewing. Yep. Colorado. Yep. Uh, Or Denver. Where we have a show coming up on. Jesse, what's the date of that? Can you look that up on your... Do you want... um, a lager or an apricot blonde? Oh. Those are the two? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, lager, it is. Okay. I know why. The, yeah. The reason is because you want an IPA. I, I always yeah. want an IPA. So I will have the apricot blonde. All right. Uh, oh, crap. August 26th, August 27th. August 26th and August up. 27th, we are performing at Dry Dock. Do we do a thing? Do we yeah. do a cheers? Yeah. Cheers. We, cheers. cheers. we do a, uh, well, this is your camera. I'm greedy. I want both. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's like the least flattering position for me to sit in. That? Mm-hmm. How do you think it feels for me to have to look at you it? You have to look at it, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote Can we this, just get a partition or something that I can? I wrote this date down. Right. This is kind of interesting. Uh, May 28th, 2021. Oh, is that okay? That could be a couple of things. That okay. could be the first time we talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. It could also be when I was offered the job. Okay. It could also be. No, that's it. It was the day we sat here. Oh wait! Oh, got it. Okay. Which... So, so we talked on the phone, and then a few days later, I got offered yeah. the job, and then I came over, and we went over. Mm-hmm. Both of our sets or just yours? So I think it was both. What I was doing is as I COVID was in was kind of trailing off in a way. In California it hung on as long as it could. And so we had um um I I just built this fire pit during COVID. Mm-hmm. It was just a lawn. And then Mel was like, why don't we make a fire pit? So we came out here with a piece of string and a and a a spray can and made a big mark and anyway and then I ran gas and whatever what else was I doing and then um, yeah made this fire pit and so I didn't have anywhere to like rehearse my stand up but the dates were coming up pretty quick Yeah. and so I just invited friends to sit around here because people didn't really want to be inside in COVID even though we all sat close here but so anyway right. I, I probably had about six or seven of those what inspired the fire pit like of all the things you could have done you could have put a pond you could have put yeah. 
what why why five uh, I think for the romance of it and quite frankly for what's happening right now one of my favorite things and and Mel as well uh Mel's my wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> um is she, that she signs my check I don't know who she is <laughs> um we love camping we love the outdoors and in LA which we're in the middle of Los, of Los Angeles right now yeah. we don't really get that so we have this space that we weren't really using. And quite frankly, it was just a place for our dog to poop. I was actually thinking about how difficult uh, doing this podcast out here would be if, with Bodhi around. Because I remember he always wanted to be near, but he was always like... He's so big. He was giant. Yeah. And you, always, you were always trying to get him to lay down. And he kept getting up and he was like hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So... We canceled... Uh, a show, probably the only show we canceled, we canceled because he died. Yeah, somewhere in California. Yeah, Transplant Brewing in Simi Valley. I thought it was further than that, like Lancaster or something, no? Well, yeah, that's basically... Is it the same? I think that's the same kind of area. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I guess, the, the okay, this is kind of something we've been talking about, and people didn't re- don't really ask you this, but the truth of it is... We sat here on May 28th, and you were going to help out on the tour, and I said, do you, do you want to open? A few days before that. Yeah, it, it was over our phone call. Yeah. I mean, if you want, I can make it quick, but the origin story yeah. was, uh, by the way, I'm going to sweat every ounce of liquid I have out of me. Because it's August, and hot, and, and we're set by fire. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm the only guy who can sweat under LED lights. Um, no, I. So it was it was the end of COVID. I you know I was working in like film, doing all the TV stuff. Just yeah. Like on the on the production uh, stuff, production stuff, post production stuff, and I didn't want to really go back to that. And then everything shut down. And then I was just like at a place of like real desperation because I had no plan post COVID. Everything was coming back, uh, and and I was like, I don't know what to do, and so I kind of settled on, I'm just gonna, I don't know, I'll get back into production and just try and figure it out because mm-hmm. I wanted to like write and direct like every other asshole that moves here from, from out of state, and uh, and I came across, I went to like one of those job sites, and I came across a PA position. You, you had actually labeled it as a PA position, mm-hmm. and when I and I've done plenty of PA work, and so. When I clicked on the description, it said uh, production assistant for a stand-up comedy tour, uh, national stand-up comedy tour, 70-plus shows, and it was like running the merch table. Mm -hmm. I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I am perfect for that job. I've worked travel shows before. I get along well with people on the road. Like, I'm good on the road. I've sold retail. Um, and the thing about me with stand-up is I'm one of those tragic cases that I highly advise people to not become who want to do stand-up. I was terrified of it. I've wanted to do it for well over a decade. Yeah. And I was, I've always been scared. I was never scared of bombing in front of an audience. I was always scared of not being accepted by comics. Because they're a bunch of degenerate assholes and I wanted to be one. Mm-hmm. And I just always felt like... It's a, it's a very tight click. Yeah. Small. Yeah, and... And, and, and exclusive, right? And there's bitterness, and there's and but they're and all there, lovely and there's, people. There's earning the right, 
Right. You have to earn your place. Mm -hmm. And so I always, my excuse was always, I have to write good material before I can even attempt it. Mm -hmm. And I never liked my material, so I never attempted Mm -hmm. it. But this was an opportunity when I saw this job post that I was like, well, it it puts me around stand-up. Like, I just want to be in stand-up. I've also done photography for, like, different stand-up shows, you know, over the past few years. And I just love being around it and just sort of absorbing it and always hoping that that's going to be the thing to, like, whatever. And so I reached out to you directly because I knew if I just applied, I'd I'd probably just fall into the many papers that are whatever. Like, my resume is not, like, super strong. So I just, I DM'd you and I was like, listen, dude, I am, like, perfect for this job. Just give me like, get me in the room, you know, like yeah. give me the interview. And I promise you, like, let's talk on the phone, whatever. And you replied fairly quickly, like within a couple hours. I think. I'm going to tell you, I think, I think, you know what happened on my side, but there were, so there was a bunch of people in my organization that had interviewed people first. Okay. So that I didn't have to like interview and oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I would at the end. So at the end, I think you got interviewed by four people: Chad and Derek and, yeah, and Mel. Whole thing. And, yeah, and so um, it was between you and this other guy, and you had similar looks. And from what I saw, looking at very closely, I think he had a beard or a heavy scruff. You had a beard, and his photo was of him loosening his tie, like yeah. a very like danger Rodney field, Ch- yeah. very yeah. like I'm a comic yeah, kind of straight look. danger field. And so I, I just had two resumes in front of me. And when I was talking to you, I thought I was talking to him. So I said, look, have you done stand-up before? And you were kind of like, yeah, actually I have. Or I think maybe I, I had mentioned it to somebody I thought, anyway, but you kind of, you, I think you knew when I was talking to you that I was kind of looking for that. Well, no. What happened from my point of view was that I, you put me through the gauntlet of talking to like three people before I got to the main boss. Yeah. Like, it was like a fucking Nintendo game. Yeah. And, like, I I talked with who at the time was, uh, like, your adventure ambassador and uh, your brand ambassador. And we had a great conversation. And in that conversation, you know, I I wasn't lying, but I am trying to sell myself to a degree. And so I was trying to articulate why I would be good for this job. And I told him at the time, I said, uh... I've always wanted to do stand-up. I, I never have. Got it. But I've always wanted to. Right. And I thought he relayed that to you. So somehow. then that's what happened. Yeah. And then I just thought it was, uh, somehow with the, with the photo of the guy doing that, I thought that was well, you. Well, you got him wires crossed, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when we were talking, you said, oh, you do stand-up. And I was like, no. And then you go, no, wait, you want to do stand-up. And I was like, yeah, I've wanted to for a long time, but. And then know. I was like. I'm trying to find a local opener everywhere I go, which was already turning into a, a big pain in the ass. And you don't know if they're going to be funny. You don't know if they're going to be offensive. Or you don't flake. Know or, or not show up. Yeah. Um, and there's just all these variables. that I just wanted to have some consistency because you have the consistency you can improve. And I was like, do you want to open? And you were like, however you said it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I said it with a pants full of shit. <laughs> That's how I said it. I I accepted it because I I would have, yeah, I would have. And then I would have polished the revolver that night if I didn't accept that offer. Yeah, like, and I was like, look, you're going to be able to improve as long as you can, you can know yourself, um, you can be self-aware, mm-hmm. then you can improve. That's yeah. important, and it's something you said triggered me on that. And then, um, and then you, uh, I said, all right, come on over. Let's let's sit around my fire, 
and let's uh, you know talk some comedy. And do you remember what you texted me? <laughs> what I texted you? Yeah. No. You said, "I just want to warn you, I'm abnormally oh, short." Yeah. <laughs> As a just a heads up. Just a heads up. Don't I'm be alarmed. Shockingly, shockingly. Don't be alarmed. I'm shockingly short. Just, I didn't want you to like regret immediately. <laughs> like I opened the like, door and I'm like, where the fuck is he? Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's something I have to tell people. So we, so we sat down and, and you started reading, reading over some jokes and then I don't know what I, I read mine and then. I kind of like, I don't know why. I'm like, I'm going to read you mine. I read you my one hour, like reading it. No, you went first. And this yeah, is important to note. You went first. I know. Because then when we got to mine, or maybe not, I don't remember now, actually. No, no. I went first. You did? Yeah. I think because I was like trying to set the, the tone uh, for it yeah. or something. And I know? just, I don't know what I was, I think I was trying to write in somebody else's voice at the time. What is this? You just wrote more narrative, and I was like, no, it's got to be set up, punchline, tag, whatever. It was just long. And, and I then, was like, oh, because I told you, I was like, I had like five days to write. Right. And I was like, dude, I have like 15 minutes of material. Yeah. And you were like, what? Yeah. In like, I like wrote 15 minutes. No, it just take, took me, or it took me 15 minutes to write this fucking you, novel that I wrote. All these jokes were just padded with a bunch of shit. Oh, s'moreses. S'moreses. I don't know. How did she do this? Is this like individual like kit? In- oh, yeah, it's individual kits. You get your own kit. Get your own from s'mores. Mel here, and I put it in my. F- All right, got it. Um, Wait, where did Mark Are we in a kit? You're in a kit. Mel did this. Mel, your wife <laughs> made <laughs> s'mores kits? That's <laughs> so pretty great. Stinking cute. This is going to be a, a smash hit. Um, oh, my God. So then you it's came adorable. and you did the stand up, you, you read through your stuff. And it was verbose, <laughs> and and then, and then the next day, yeah, um, you rewrote it, and it was good, and we it, it was better, and then we had some guys over, Austin, Zach, and their girlfriends, a bunch of people, and this was the last night because that night after this, we are performing in front of a hundred people at LA Ale Works. Yeah. And what you did was like good, and then you got on stage. So May twenty eighth, we sat here with you not being a comedian. On June second, we did the show at LA Ale Works. Third, June third. I'll always remember that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on June third, you did your stand up, and I stood back with Mel, and we watched it, and we're just like, he. I was like, he he walked on, he owned the room. He has amazing stage presence, and you like owned it from day one. You 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 mm-hmm. got great laughs, and you've improved. And now, not there's not any like improvement. You are a very seasoned stand-up. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed by you. I'm incredibly proud of you. And and I, and when I see you, I I and you open. I watch it every night, and I think it's hilarious. And so, oh, well, so I appreciate someday that. you're gonna make it. Well, <laughs> I say, I don't just don't, just, just, you know. I got to get on that Coke addiction rule. See, that's... Coke, I think heroin also helps. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, it, it was really frustrating not being as bad. Like, I didn't eat a bucket of shit 
that first yeah. show. The only day that you did was the day that you and I sat here, just the two of us, and you read through a three-page manifesto. Well, that, yeah, manifesto. Yeah. But, 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 yeah, when you went That actually on... was a manifesto. I switched the papers by accident. <laughs> I just fun. went with it and tried to make it funny. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I was annoyed because I, I walked off the stage and I was like, fuck, that's what I've been afraid of for a, like a decade. That's a great... Like, I, it was I, really I, you annoying. You never told me that before. That's amazing. Yeah. Fuck. Uh... I try not to like live in regret by it, but at the same time, like it's, it was such a, a frustrating feeling of like, I cannot believe this is like what was preventing me. Like that fear of. So what, what stopped you? It was always, um, again, it was about like wanting to f like fit in with these people that I like, I just wanted to be part of the. I loved comedy. You so were much. a student of comedy. You you know you could probably name at fifty comics. Oh, easily. I I was I am I'm, I'm obsessed with it, that, and that, I and I would go to shows. I would go to open mics and just watch and just be like part of it. And I always felt on the outside. And then what happens, you know, is your brain just starts amplifying that. The longer you mm -hmm. let it, and so the pedestal got higher and higher and higher. And it and I put so much pressure on myself, like because year after year would go by where I kept saying I was going to do it and I never did it. And so then it just felt like a pressure, right? Like I'm right. Time's running out. Like, why aren't you doing it? And it, it just, it just became an unattainable thing. Right. Um, and the and older it, you got, the probably the more valid the excuses were probably, I don't know. Well, I, I did a really clever thing to avoid doing stand up, and, and that was, I did, I pursued other creative outlets Cause, so it gave me just like a little nibble, you know, like a little taste. So I would like do like filmmaking or writing and like do all this other stuff um, because they were collaborative. And so I never felt like all the attention. It's just stupid ways to like avoid doing what I really wanted to be doing. Um, and I it's silly talking about it even now in that context. Do you, do, you, do, you know, do you know that I did the same thing? What? Do you know that my my story is the same story? I mean, not exactly. I didn't know exactly. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did hosting because I was too afraid to go up and do stand up. Yeah. Jesse, fix that damn light. All right. So. Imperfection is beautiful. What is? Um, come on! Now we have to edit that. <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping going. Um. No. So yeah. Um. But it's a sad sob story, but I, I'm happy to say that uh, I, I, I feel great doing it. I'm trying to, I'm not even talking to the mic. I feel like I, I, you know, I'm doing, I feel great doing it. I'm trying to challenge myself. And uh, now that it's like I'm moving, this is, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. So that's why like things like this festival coming up, you know, I just want to like lean in and make go hard because I've put so m many years behind me where I wasn't doing it that like, I'll be damned if I'm gonna, you know, but, 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 drag my feet. And now. I don't want to like. We've done enough of them, but the interesting thing is, is when when you and I do our shows, it's such a friendly audience. Oh sure. People know what they're there for. They want it to do well. Whereas a comedy club in Los Angeles is a different animal, especially when there's other comedians around. No doubt. Well, uh, so I've done I've done shows when we're home, uh, little shows, you know. What? Uh, oh yeah. And you're absolutely right. There's a built-in acceptance with a tour audience. Like, they, they've followed your shows for years. 
They're excited. Now you're at a point where people are coming back and know you because you did the tour last year. Yeah, sure. Um, and there is definitely a difference between that and like a room full of tourists that, you know, are already three sheets in and like ready to just kind of, you know, not be a part of the show or whatever. But that it's gone both ways too. There's been really good shows as well. So I'm how many, not. How many shows have you done in LA? Uh, I mean, probably 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I feel like, you know. It's 180 shows. Yeah. 180 times that you've taken the mic mm -hmm. in 14 months. In 14 months. And, you know, these are rooms too. It's not like, you know, I, I think it's important to do like open mics as much as possible, even though I'm really bad at that. But, um, well, explain to people what an open mic is. Open mic uh, is, is anybody can show up and, and get three minutes, like three to five minutes. Three to five minutes. On stage and do, there's insane people. And what, what's up. the point of doing it? Is it to work out your material or is it to get noticed? What's the, because I haven't done, I haven't done one. Yeah, uh, it's not, I mean, not to get noticed by really anybody. It depends on the mic. There's some, like, the Hollywood Improv, uh, the booker is there in the back Did you do notes. that one? I haven't gotten on that stage yet. That one's a tough one. That's a, actually a really full room. It's it's a big turnout. And and, and what's it what's it full of? Other comedians. Comedians, yeah, mainly. So but it's, it's a comedians lot. performing in front of comedians. Yeah, and and you're not gonna like get it, a lot of great information. I don't think. Um, do, you, do you mean that your, people aren't laughing because they're no, they're preparing laugh. for their set and they're yeah. Most of the time they're are watching they really you pulling for you. I think it, well, here's, okay, so this is where the open mics are the most beneficial, is it's it's about the community. So if you're in the community, these are your friends, and you're just hanging out, then yeah, they're going to support you no matter what, you yeah. know. Um, but it is true that, like, a lot of them are thinking about their own material, a lot of them are thinking about the next mic they're going to do afterwards. Uh, you're usually watching very analytically, you're, like, looking at the structure, you know. But it's also a place where insane people go and say whatever they think like is funny. Like non-comedians? Like, like nutjobs? Sometimes, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, and those are usually the most fun ones. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a, it, yeah, that's more entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also a really, like, Have you been brutal place to preoccupied go? Preoccupied with the conversation to the point where you haven't noticed how good I am at making s'mores? Uh-huh. So you I just, think I'm just eating warm marshmallows. Okay. I'm not even like building anything. Like I'm so like, I'm not saying I should open a shop. Oh, you want acknowledgement? Yeah, that looks beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's, that looks really good. That's all I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get to eat it. It is a lot. It's a, it's a very busy activity and that's fine. Maybe napkins should be in the kit too. Uh, Jesse, can you see oh. to it that next time Mel adds napkins to the kit. No, we don't want napkins. Just now. sloppy hogs like me need things to clean. <laughs> no. And then maybe like a cloth to like wipe up sweaty guests. <laughs> you just pad my forehead. Let <laughs> me shine. Just come up from behind. And just pat, yeah. Pat his forehead. Oh my god, I'm such a pig. I, so. I'm not sweating. Um, so I got back from the last tour and I went in and I had a chipped tooth. Remember? Mm-hmm. And I went to the dentist, and he was nice enough to bring me in, like, the next day, fixed it. it I'm, I mean, like, you couldn't even tell 
it, it's amazing. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know it was possible. And then he's like, you need to come in for a cleaning. Uh, your last cleaning was in 2019. So I was like, okay, good. I go back for the cleaning, get the cleaning, get x-rays. And they're like, you have a cracked uh, filling. Like, you know, that, yeah. the plastic filling, whatever it is. You need and and there's you need to come back and get it fixed and there's like decay inside. So I had to go in today. My appointment was at three thirty, uh-huh. and you know me, I walked there, and yeah. then I and then I did it thinking that like by the time I walked back and got home, that the Novocaine would be worn off, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I and I I get back and I'm kind, I'm getting close to the house. I'm walking by the stores, and I call Jesse. I'm like, did you pick up the s'more stuff yet? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm at. Vons, I'll go grab it. So I walk into Vons. I'm, I'm like half my face is numb. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed by it. I'm hot, sweaty. I'm just a little confused yeah. because, of, and I, and and, and I'm have like a like a stress headache because I think of the clenching they did for half an hour during the filling. And so I'm having to like go and find all the s'mores ingredients are in different aisles. I don't know if you know this, but this is. Should you be eating that right now? Yeah. Okay. This is called savoring. Oh. People sometimes just hold their food. No, I meant like because you just had a, a dental oh, I procedure. Did. I'm sorry. Probably not. <laughs> All but, right. Yeah, of course. I got a fresh fresh filling. So I walk out of there. I, I come home. Jesse's here. Mel's here. I'm like, um, we're getting this podcast all set up, so we need to uh, increase our Dropbox, Dropbox storage. And I'm like, all right, here's use my card. Oh, where's my wallet? At the grocery store. Yeah. Right where I left it. All doped up. Yeah. So I had to go back to the grocery store and get my wallet. Just like Quasimodo. Just dragging yourself in there like a monster. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate I hate the dentist. I was trying to understand the reference, but yes. I, 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 um. What's your favorite, um, city that you perform stand-up in? Oh. Hmm. I'll make it easier. Yeah. I'll give you time to think about that. I want to ask you what's the worst city you perform stand-up in. Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon was bad. Yeah. But there's a reason for it. Yeah, it was Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. and those animals were out of their mind. And, and it is they, one day, one they day were gleaning in the fact that they they loved that they were disruptive. They were enjoying it. Um, but I didn't do very well either. I, I was I was on my heels on that one. Um, it was a brewery that had a full bar, which is rare. On Cinco de Mayo, yeah. On Cinco de Mayo. And so people felt compelled. Mm-hmm. They're going to this drinking show to hear these drinking stories. They comp- felt compelled to be drunk. Yeah. And they were doing a lot of shots of tequila. They they literally said that during my set. One guy yelled out, "You're you're at a uh, you're at a brewery doing like a a, a drinking stand up. What do you expect?" And I'm just like, "That's where your mind's at." Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of like weird entitlement of like. Oh, this is how the show is going to go for you because it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because it's a brewery tour, you yeah. think it's, it's, people are strange. That's, I love them, but man, we've encountered there, quite a number. There's a woman, there was a woman in the front row right here, and she was just talking loud to her elderly father next to her. And at some point, I'm like, you're, you're just, you keep stopping the show. You, yeah. you, you know, like whatever. And so I think they escorted her out. She left. I don't know who. Yeah, but, well, could have been them. Either way, she left without her ninety-year-old father. Yeah, that's all their abuse. And he was all confused. Yeah, yeah, not good. It was so weird. I don't, the only reason I doubt that they kicked her out is because I felt like they weren't doing anything. Like, True. I felt like they didn't. They never stepped in because 
the fact that I was like three minutes, we were three minutes into the show and it was already off the rails. Mm -hmm. Like, and it never felt better. It never felt like somebody, I didn't even see somebody come around and be like tapping on the shoulder and be like, guys, you yeah. gotta, nothing. It just, they just sat I think they back. did, yeah. I mean, but but it's a lot of, a lot of breweries, it's their first experience like this. Like we've dealt with a lot of, we're doing shows at breweries. Like sometimes we're in um, like Reno, which is, is Reno, but we were in Reno and then we were at uh, San Carlos, which is right near Palo Alto, Silicon Valley. Those places had legitimate stages and audio systems, and they were fantastic, and yeah. they were amazing. Um, then we were in D.C., at D.C. Brow, uh, in the middle of June, the end of June. Right. It was 94 degrees outside, and we were in the brew house with machines running yeah. and heat and noise, and so... It's it, it's not always conducive to a, a comfortable show, for sure. But I do want to say to people that are hearing me say that, when those situations happen, we make sure that we improve. So, oh, like, yeah. we did a lot of outdoor shows. We did a lot of, in you know, deep in the brewery shows. We've improved on, on those things. We could even go back to DC Brow because there was another room in the back that was air-conditioned, mm -hmm. that was quiet, that we could would have could have fit 300, 400 people at. Yeah. So what's your what's your worst? My worst one? My worst one is um it's easy. Do you know what it is? Is it Long Island? No. Long Island You, you left that show going, I'm, I should quit. Yeah. <laughs> Long Island was Long Island was bad for because of me. Oh. Not because of the audience. The audience were there, it was it was probably like a Tuesday. Uh. and I hadn't done a show in like two weeks and they weren't giving me anything. Like they were just listening, and 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 again, it's not their fault. Um, but I, I get just, two guesses. Yeah, you're gonna get it. I am. Yeah. Oh shit! Now the pressure's on. But, um, um, but actually, I I, I just want to hear. No, this this is good. Because <laughs> there's been so many <laughs> there, shows was, okay. that I did. No, Zane, you also did really shitty at the this show. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about where you did I shitty. Know. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, I'm not. There was. There was the one in Delaware. Okay. Wilmington. Uh, the first time we went, not the yeah, yeah the not, first time not, we not went, not this summer or last with year. With the very, very aggressively drunk yeah. couple that got that just, thrown out, just kept ended the. Sh I mean, not ended. Yeah. Interrupted. Stop. They the show. kept interrupting me yeah. to the point where I was like, "You have to stop." And then she wouldn't stop. You tried to move. You were yeah. so gracious in that you were like trying to move. You're like just. You can't just be in the front row. Yeah. You can enjoy the show from the yeah. back, but you're I making this all about you, like at, I'm in your living room. You're in the light, like yeah. I can see your face. Yeah. And yeah, and she refused to move. Uh -huh. That was the thing. She just flat out was like, "Nope, not doing it." Mm -hmm. And then she got kicked out and threw a monkey out the window. She threw a monkey. She threw her ring. She a, a flipped fake, off fake everybody fake, before she left. When she left, a fake monkey. Stop. Please, please don't. When she uh, left, she flipped everyone off, and everyone like laughed and oh, yeah. cheered. We were and, having a good time. And then when she left, it was it was a great show. Yeah, that's true. But but there's but there's a show that never fully regained its composure. That was good because you got a few elements out. I'll, I'll remove them for the equation. I'll tell you that Dayton, Ohio, okay, was crazy. Yeah. But I think it was crazy because those people had not been out. Because of COVID, just mm -hmm. to, to like anything, in eighteen months, yeah. and they just they were celebrating and they were drunk and even 
even the people that were there were a little drunk. And and so, you know, it was... We had, there were three guys that got kicked out, and they... Mm-hmm. I, I got into an argument with them in the hallway, and they actually, their justification was, uh, we paid money to be here. This is unfair. And I was yeah. like... You don't get to pay money and then talk because oh the other their other thing was they was like we weren't talking to Zane because they were talking to each other at yeah. full volume. But they were really drunk and they were talking like hey you when he was in France uh, he yeah. went to this like that's how loud he was talking. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And they, and they were like we weren't even talking to Zane. And yeah. I'm like dumb dumb. Yeah. And then he was like we paid money we do, we do, like we're entitled basically yeah. to be in this show and I was like that's not how this works. You don't get to just ruin a show because you spent. Forty dollars or whatever. Like it's just like, so so it's not Dayton. No, man. Oh, when you when when I tell it to you, you're gonna feel silly. I mean, is it the Hangar Twenty Four? The first. That was a weird one because it. That had was a weird one. Full bar, mm-hmm. very uh, aggressively drunk guy, and then a guy took the stage. But you know what was Remember interesting? That? Yeah, but here's what's interesting about that. So we've done 170 shows. We don't have real problems anymore no in the beginning i felt like you and i neither one of us was really comfortable with our material and therefore we were easily uh disrupted or thrown off of our game yeah and so because of that the first four or five california shows and then the florida run right was and then was was kind of like rough, and then we got rid of an element. There was someone that was with, with us, and and it was just wasn't jiving. And then we went to Texas, and then we started to find our groove. And by yeah. the way, like again, I, I I don't feel like I need to defend it necessarily. I don't think people are listening to this thinking like, wow, I don't want to go to one of these shows because they go to breweries and they have all these drunk people. No, like ninety nine point nine percent of the people are amazing and the shows are incredible and people come back and they're great. Also, it's it's a strange people do this all the time to me. They go they go, oh, it must be crazy doing these shows at breweries. Everybody's drunk. And I'm like, you know, comedy clubs have a two drink minimum yeah. and they serve liquor. Like, yeah. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. it, this is craft beer. Most people have like two at most because it's filling. Yeah. It's not that at all. It's behavior. It's just human behavior. It's not the venue. So yeah, it's it's. So it's in the south. Oh. I I just realized your worst show. No. <laughs> no. No. But no. But you'll yeah. you'll appreciate. I already know what it. You know what it is. Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, yeah it's Birmingham. I, I didn't do well. It was the first show. The reason was. And I thought I was going to be okay. It was the first show that somebody I knew uh-huh. was in the audience. Your stepbrother or brother-in-law? It was my stepbrother-in-law. Yeah. And what happened was he was great. Um, this is a, this was a helpful lesson in, in just comedy. How many how many shows in do you think you were? I'd say like sixteen. No. Oh oh four. No. No, I was going to say forty. Oh, 40. Oh, I don't. No, you think less. Less, yeah. Oh no, that's for sure less. Yeah, because we started in the south because they were ignoring COVID, and well, we and did other Florida, Texas, and then I, it, then a south run. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, yeah. so, um, so anyway, yeah. So call it call it twenty shows in. Sure. Yeah. Um, you were finding your groove. I one, had found level. a fairly okay groove, and then what had happened was, um, it just. It's like I did the first like two jokes and they just didn't hit very hard. It was a small audience. Um, they just didn't hit very hard. And all of a sudden, the thought in my brain went, oh, shit, like Jonathan's here. And this is my neuroses. I was like, he's going to tell everybody, tell everybody that, yeah. that 
I was okay. That's the, probably the only time, that's the only time I can think of that I've ever seen you in, get in your own head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Literally, as we were passing the mic, I was leaving, you were coming on, you, like, over your shoulder was like, what the hell was that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I know, man. I just, that wasn't it. But it was such a weird thing of, like, I literally thought that he was going to be like, oh, yeah, no, like, yeah, I saw his show. Like, it was, he was yeah. okay. You guys, and, you and guys shouldn't go. Not even that extreme. I was just like, now that, like, that was just playing in my head. So for the rest of my set, I just had this voice going, like, he's. I just remembered my worst show your mom was at. Which one? She's been to a few. The one, that's where I met your mom. In Nashville. In Nashville. Oh, is that, yeah. Nashville was awful. Those people were out of control. Um, it was, I think, a Saturday. It was, and the which is usually said, a great time, but it was downtown Nashville, and everyone pregame, not everyone, but everyone that sat in the first five rows, did. yeah, and um, and then like I'm almost like I don't know, like someone was got the, got the cops called. I don't even know how to tell the story. I'm happy to tell it. Yes, she was yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, she was a stalker. I mean, yeah, look. It's call it what it is, man. She was for a long time like kind of hounding you about stuff, and then when she got there, she was just like swimming around like a shark, yeah, looking for you. And then when I think she realized that, well, she got wasted and she was on meds, yeah. And uh, I at one point before the show even started, she was at the merch table crying. Mm-hmm. So I go up. To, I didn't go up to her like I. Cared. I went up to the merch lick, table. Licked it. Lick it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you knew I wanted it. Yeah, because just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I basically was like, I'm not playing this game. Like, we have a show starting in like yeah. 10 minutes. I'm yeah. not about you to, have to get, in, yeah, yeah, get into it with tail. this person. So I basically, uh, I, 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 you know, I did one of those very sort of like, all good? What's going on? You know, kind of like a little dismissive. But she just went on this tangent about how they cut her off and she's not even drunk and all that. So I could tell immediately that she was really over the edge. And so I went and got the staff and I was like, you got to do something about this. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I'm literally about to go on stage yeah. and like, this isn't, I, I don't know anything about this. She's drunk. What are you going to do? And I didn't even know that except for I'd gotten all these DMS that were a lot. No. And, um, and so, and then during the Q and A, there was a few questions from her, and I was just like, uh, "Oh, that's who that person is." Yeah, okay, yeah. now it makes sense. But I was like, "All right." Somehow she didn't get here soon enough, and she's in like the fifth row, so not gonna really be a problem during the show. Did the show, drunk people. It was fine. It were, at the end of the day, it was a fine show, but you know, everyone was hammered. And then after the show, a police officer comes up to me and says. Um, I need to talk to you in private. And then he goes, because you are in the public eye, if you'd like me to turn off my body cam, I will. And I was just like, what is happening? I don't yeah. know. What did I do? Um, and um, and so he, he just told me, like, we took someone in that's, you know, and kind of reiterated the story and said that seems like she could be dangerous to you and da 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 I'm like no it's it's fine I'll just I'm gonna slide out the back door I got a bunch of friends here and we're just gonna go downtown and that's kind of what happened like I don't she was like a vet like a and that's and that, and that was what got me is like I you know there was yeah she was she was a there was something a war veteran yeah. and that way I was like 
I'm never gonna like block and 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 if she tells me something and she would just kind of go write these very long you know messages that were a little scary and a little detailed and stuff like that and and um well she would message you and she was like it's like the, the reason I'm, the reason I'm holding back at all is because she could be watching that's why that's why I'm not completely just being like uh, you know, here, here's what she said and all this crazy stuff, That's whatever. Fair. So, so it was like, yeah, it was just something that I felt like I needed to, you yeah. know, separate myself. Then, then after, then after the show, I got like just this horrible, mean mm -hmm. message about How me. Quickly and, they turned. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, good. That's a block. I'm not going to block someone who says, look, I'm a veteran and I love you. And would you watch your shows? Like apologetic even. I will. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. I respect veterans way too much to not be tolerant of and understanding what they're going through and so i'm never gonna i'm never gonna not uh be empathetic but then when she the the cops got called i still didn't block her and then when i got this long rant i'm like okay safe to block okay yeah. that was it i, I yeah. that's as far as i no, can go you have to that's it, it it crosses that line when yeah anybody like when they just start getting really like aggressively familiar but where's your best show um, I'm always going to come back to Manchester, New Hampshire the first time. It just, and I think a lot of it had to do with the room itself. It was well, packed. It was how, packed. It was packed, but it wasn't like, how many people? Because it was a small room. I would say like maybe 170 in the, like the tap room. And and it, but it was wall to wall. Wall to wall packed. people. It was a, like a low ceiling. A low like ceiling. The yeah. laughter was eruptive. It was. And... What was fun about that one is like I had we had a really great front row, and mm -hmm. that that can make a huge difference because you can play with that. And like when the room is good and the show is good and everybody's laughing, like a playful front row is is different than a disruptive front row. It's not a front row of people who think that they're funny and want to keep saying things to like, well, mostly because they're out of control and drunk. No, but, I think the best yeah the best front row. Is one that is is like naturally weird, yeah. But not trying to be weird, right? Like they're just interesting people that yeah. are being honest. And so you when, talk to them, not not you responding, right? To them, so yeah. when when like you do uh, the crowd work and and you're asking questions, like one of my biggest pet peeves is is when you ask a question and they try to answer funny, because it's like you yes you don't understand like it. There's so much more humor in honesty. Yeah. Than there is in like you thinking that saying butthole in this moment is gonna. Now I would probably laugh really hard. Butthole, if somebody said butthole. The butthole's pretty good. It is the pretty greatest good. word. I, I, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that I, I don't even care what the question is. Yeah, butthole I retract everything answer. I just said. Yeah, let's start this podcast over. <laughs> um, no, but like when they when they just try to be funny, even the stupidest thing. Like I I, I asked because we travel so much and like days blur together, and I just sometimes legitimately don't know what day it is right and i i kind of was like i was gonna be like you know welcome to the whatever crowd and i was like what what day is it like, yeah i don't I, like legitimate yeah and the guy was like tuesday and it was a friday and i'm like okay I, immediately i'm I'm never talking to that yeah. person again yeah like it's just you're just not even being you're trying to be uh -huh. funny it's not working but i love it when they're honest because you can actually ha create a moment in honesty mm -hmm. and if the audience trusts the comic enough uh Trust that they will make something funny. On my 50th birthday, I did a show in Syracuse, which is where I'm from, 
my mom, I told my mom, I told my mom she could have eight tickets. I don't really care how many tickets. I'm like, why did I even tell her? Mom, you can have many as, as I don't care. You can yeah. fill the room. What do I give a shit? And I ended up, I think I ended up comping her about 40. <laughs> and, and so it was just, I mean, which is great. I, all my relatives and it was, it was so, it was, it was such a great way to celebrate my 50th birthday. I never even got a moment to think about, um, getting older. Like when I was, when I was turning 40, I just had a bunch of my, like my show was canceled and, and I was just like, what am I doing? And da, da, da. And so my 40th was sucked. And I, I attribute that to to turning forty, but it's just a milestone that I wasn't f- to, to to mark in my life at a point where I wasn't happy with what was going on. Yeah. My fiftieth, I got a room full of fans and friends and family in the in the place where I where I grew up in a in a brewery that physically moved tanks right. outside. To make room, they're like, we'll do it. It's Buried Acorn Brewing in Syracuse, they'll, East Syracuse. They're like, we'll do anything. We, we'll we'll move tanks, and they did. And yeah. they, it was a full room, sold out, and it was incredible. And so you asked somebody, you said anybody into kinky stuff, and some mm-hmm. lady like cheered, and you're like, what are you into? Oh, yeah. And then she she stopped because. My mom told me later that she's a politician. She, well, she said it. It's on yeah, camera. Right. She goes, I'm an elected official. Got it. Right. And I was like, oh, we're talking. Yeah. My mom knew who that was. Oh, that's it's a amazing. small town. Well, then the joke. Th- so that's that was great because then the joke became me just trying to get her personal information out of her mm-hmm. so I could expose her. Like that was that's all I wanted to do then. I was like, what's your f- full name and address? And she wouldn't give it to her. Right. right and then right. she said, she's like, no, I'm, I'm freaking out. My husband or no, she goes, my husband's freaking out who was right next to her. Yeah. I was like. What's your husband's full name and address? Like, <laughs> how can we figure out who you are? Because yeah. this is great. See, and that's when it becomes fun. Right. And yeah. it's like, I really wasn't trying to get it. I just, it was the, the the game of trying to get it. And it's all because she just was being honest and right. like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that, and people have to understand that when, when you're getting honest answers as a comedian on the mic, you you can have so much fun with that if someone's just being honest. If they're like, even if they're saying, I'm too nervous or I'm not comfortable, whatever they say, like yeah. that turns into some a real moment. And and what do they say about comedy? Comedy is real? It's t- truth? I mean, I, oh yeah, I'm sure the embellishment, but like, yeah, it should come from honesty yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that you just, it gives you something to really react to. And the reason why, comics go on stage and try to be funny is because they have an ability to find humor in things that a lot of people don't. And so just give them an honest answer and let them do their job. And what, what they don't, what people don't understand is like, you're still part of that little moment. Like Mm -hmm. if, if you as an audience member give an honest answer and a comedian makes a joke out of it, you're still part of that was your thing together. But yeah, what they're doing right. is they're trying to create right. that. So they give you some bullshit answer and then it just kind of throws the equilibrium off. And right. it's like, okay, you know, you're not giving me the tools. You said the word quack, like, okay. And now what the comedian has to do is go after the person. Yeah. Because we're also petty and I'm not going to let you get a fucking laugh. So if I asked you right now, uh, what do you do? What's your profession? Oh, like a Spartan. No, I'm asking <sighs> you. I'm asking no. for an honest answer. We just went through the whole honesty. Oh, bit. I can't do I'm it. Asking no, for no, no. Hon- I'm asking for an honest answer. <laughs> oh shit, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm also very uncomfortable by this question. I know. That's and that's, that's why, why I'm yeah. asking it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, 
tell I'm a comedian. <laughs> Can you look at me I can't or look the at camera you. or something <laughs> when you say that? There, How do you make your money? Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a comedian on tour. You don't even have to qualify it. Oh. Like on your Instagram, it was saying like opener. You know, I don't, I don't, opener, you're a comedian. I just said currently opening. No, I'm saying like on the, t- and then there's yeah. a link, link to the tour. Yeah. I would just say, yeah, it's, you're, yeah, you're, you're on the, the laughs and drafts comedy tour. You're, 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 you're part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, let me, let, let me ask one last question here. I asked, I had a bunch of, um, questions that I was going to ask, but no, I'm not going to, um, have you, <laughs> I told you I wasn't interesting. Before, when you asked me to do this, I was like... And yet, I didn't even have to go to my questions, because of course... You, what do you mean you're not interesting? Oh, I thought that's... I thought that was uh, the interesting Let's see. I, I'm going to get it wrong, but let me get it wrong before you correct me. Okay. Um, you worked at Starbucks, worked your way up Star, in Starbucks, working in this Seattle, Tacoma, and uh, then you got asked to be the manager, and you're like, nope, and this isn't the path I want to be on. And then you became a... Uh, don't don't help me here. Uh, a jet engineer. You worked on airplanes and and worked on like the jets of airplanes, and then you did that for for a while, and then uh, and then moved to L.A. to. I guess you moved here to pursue dreams, right? Yeah. Like it was it was it was based on you. Do yeah, want, yeah, wanting no, to do what makes you it was yeah it was filmmaking and writing and directing because I had dabbled while I was working in aviation I was like doing short films how's that how's that not interesting I don't know <laughs> what do you need to be interesting you need you need uh, uh, critical acclaim or the I think two adoration of strangers be to be interesting I don't think so oh yeah no I I don't I feel like interesting are people who are successful <laughs> I didn't Find you're, me one movie that I'm... It's fine. Uh, no, no, no. no. It, you're right. It, it's fine. I just... It's hard to look at oneself always uh, objectively. But um, I... Yeah, no. Most... And I bartended in there for a while. Yes, I forgot about uh, While I was in school for the yeah. aviation thing. But what, what that was, was I actually, when I was bartending, before I started in aviation, I started brewing beer with a good friend of mine. And um, it just like... Being... Doing something creative was... Like I just never really did that before. Yeah. I, I was always like, and and you were doing well in in aviation. Like you became a manager yeah. quickly quickly on. Yeah, I was like supervisor, and then. Uh, you know, that's an indication of um of being good with people. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's like you were. I'm sure. I, I have no doubt you were good at the things you were doing. I'm sure you brewed a mean fucking cup of coffee. Hell yeah. Uh, Seven fucking years. And uh, but. You know everything you did was your dealings with people, and that was just all, it, it, whatever it is, right? Like, I, hey, I'm I'm 50 and I'm on tour. My last tour, I mean, other than last year, was 10 years before, mm. and and then before that was nothing. And I just think about if I could tell myself when I moved out to Los Angeles when I was 23 years old, and I started doing student films and then started a business. Like I would have told myself, no, dude, just go do stand up, figure it out. But you know what? I might have just, I might have been too immature at the time. I've thought that. I would have been thing. so drunk. I know. I, I, I would piss people off. I would, I would have gotten. Yeah. If I would have gotten successful, I would have gotten cocky. I think about where I was at like twenty four, and. Eh. Do you want another beer? Sure. Did you finish that one? Yeah. Um, 
This is Dry Dock Brewing, where we're performing on August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets at ZaneLamprey.com. That's ZaneLamprey.com. Is that the right date? Yeah. 26 and 27? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't even know what. Dude, yes. Those are going to be killer shows. And then they we're, were great last And then week. we're at the House of Blues this weekend, but that's probably in the past when this airs. This probably comes out next week, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I was asking Jesse about that. Like, when do you think? Because um, I have the festival, but I don't know if it's worth plugging. Plug it. Plug it. Well, at the end. Well, we're at the end. Oh, uh, we are? <laughs> Why'd I get a new beer? I don't know. All right. Uh, no, no, no. I just, yeah. It, <laughs> my, oh, no. I forgot the dates. <laughs> you can't look it up either. I wrote it down. You wrote what You wrote down? it down? His dates? Yeah. I, I didn't tell you my yeah. dates. Well, I looked it up. You did? He's a, he's a, wow. produ- that's a, what I'm talking about. Heck yeah, dude. When but am don't I? Don't let, don't tell him he's doing a good job. Yeah. Because I'll have to pay him more. Six, I'm going to guess 16, 17. No. Later than I am that. a piece of shit. Later than that. I should know that. Uh, I'm, no, I'm going to guess uh, 18, 19. Six, 16, oh, 17. Oh, shit. Okay. I don't know why I'm celebrating. This is a really douchebag <laughs> thing to not even know. It's so stupid. So I'm August 16, 17, just, you are in a competition at Flappers Comedy Club it's in It's not Burbank. a competition. It's a festival. So it's a week-long festival. It's a week-long festival. That uh, someone wins? There's no winning anything. It's a. It's like a. It's it's a. Uh, it's called the Burbank Comedy Festival. It's at Flappers Comedy, and it's all week long. There's many shows and workshops and all this other stuff. But what's cool, what I understand about it is, it's like, it's an it's like an industry festival. So a lot yeah. of industry people, whether it be I don't know bookers or I don't know like managers and stuff, are going to be there, and, I mean I guess in that they're kind of always looking at new people to talk to. Yeah. Um, but really, truly, oh, so potentially, I could lose you as an opener if you get all big time with any luck. With any luck, um, I thought it'd be really cool if, and you're probably going to say no, but maybe when you do one of the, one of your shows in LA, maybe I could open for you. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, all right. We'll see, Zane. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think you're building a little high expectations for me. For who? For me. Why? What does that mean? It means that this is a 10-year pursuit. You know, I Look, I want to acknowledge something. I know we're at the end, but yeah. this is a very unnatural... I, I want to point this out, too. The way I got this job, or ha- the fact that I got this job, doing 170 shows on the road in front of paid audiences of hundreds of people, is not normal. It's not normal, and it's... and. Give me my phone for one second. It's exciting, and I'm very grateful, but it brought about another layer of insecurity, again, among other comedians. Because, like, you know, these are people who, like, do these open mics. You know, if if they're really going for it, they're doing, like, what, three or five a week? And they're just grinding and eating shit every night? And so, for a long time, I was, like, really insecure about the fact that uh, I was on a tour opening, like... For a year, right, and that was hard to even tell people. So, like, I, I want to read you something. Oh, uh, so this is U 2s uh, Joshua Tree. Okay. Okay. Uh, shortly before U two released what became one of the best selling albums of all time, Bono thought about calling the record pressing plant to stop production. Too many mistakes, he thought. Too many wrong moves. He had this feeling before, of course. He later said he couldn't figure out why anyone would even buy a U two album. 
yeah. it's an interesting thing. It's 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 humility, right? Like for so I, but but you have to look. You're gonna do what you're gonna do at this at this festival, uh-huh. and whatever's happened is gonna is gonna happen. And and I know you're going to do well. And I don't think it's I, gonna be fun. I, I don't. It, that, at the end of the day, that's what we always say, right? If you if you're having fun, the audience is having fun. You you know how to have fun. You're gonna go up there. You're gonna have fun, and you're, you're gonna do great. You're not always gonna be opening for me. I I hope you open for me for a while, but at some point you're gonna. Well, sure, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, and that's not. I'm not even worried about I it. I'm just you doing. Got, you have really funny stuff. I appreciate that. Did yeah. you think he was funny? No? You didn't laugh once, Jesse. I was watching the whole time. He didn't. He's very selective. Dude. Arms crossed, texting. Yeah. yeah. Meh. Meh. Oh, I'm working. <laughs> no, um, I'm excited. You know what I'm, I'm sincerely most excited for? It's just spending a week among comics. There's yeah. after parties. I'm jealous hangouts. of it. Like, I just, yeah. I'm really just looking forward to that. Yeah. So, it's going to be good. Um, all right. I'm going to, if you want to meet Nick Jerry in person, just come to one of our shows. Go to ZaneLamprey.com. Uh, come talk to us after the show. We are, people don't even realize this, and I don't know if all comedians do this, we stay and talk to people, take pictures, answer questions until the last person is gone. I don't know if people do that. I don't know. Some, I haven't, some not all, but yeah. yeah. Attell does. Well, there you go. So. Uh, so, and then you can follow him at Nick underscore, n- underscore, Nick Jerry underscore. There you go. Nick Jerry underscore. Nick Jerry underscore. Thanks, man. This is fun. It is. We're going to have you back. We're going to do it again. Yeah, I'd love to. Cheers. Cheers. And then Goofy song comes in. Yeah, right. <laughs>